Well, hello, everybody. How was your day today? Did you have a good day? Yeah? Did anyone catch a fish yet? Anyone? You did? Where? Where? Nice. Congratulations. What'd you guys think of that film? Yeah, bad guy's gone. He's dust now. It's not the end. Hey, tonight I want to talk about something that's incredibly important. Tonight I want to talk about something that I think when it comes to our faith in Jesus, this piece of it is so missed. It's so missed. In order to understand this concept, uh, I want to remind you of a song that we sing at Christmas time. Anyone here love Christmas time? Yeah, what's your favorite part about Christmas time? Just right here. What's your favorite part? Presents. Yeah, you? Your birthday? Is your name Jesus? What's your name? That's pretty close. What about you? No, that doesn't. Get out of here with your Dutch holidays. That's exciting, but that's not Christmas. Tell me about it. Do you eat Ole Berlin on that holiday? Dutch, Dutch donuts? Oh, well, what do I know about the Dutch? Uh, what about you? What was that? I like food. In the back? Eggnog. Right on. Okay, let's go over here on this side. What about you? Guy pointing pencils at me. What's your favorite part of Christmas? Right here. No, stop that. What about you? Yeah. That's a good one. I like that. Anyone else? Anyone else? There's one thing no one said. What about you? You like to go to church? I like the Christmas Eve service. Okay, here's, here's one thing I love that no one talked about. Christmas carols. The songs. Right? I think Buddy the Elf said it best when he said the best way to spread Christmas cheer is by singing loud for all to hear. Yeah? My favorite Christmas song of all time. My favorite Christmas song of all time. Easy now. Hey, hey, hey. Pay attention. I promise I got something important to say tonight. My favorite Christmas song of all time, it's the one that, that goes like this. Oh, come, oh, come. Do you guys know it? Sing with me because I have a terrible voice. Emmanuel. Do you know the next line? And ransom captive. Yeah. That, that, that Christmas carol, our church does it in such a, our church does it in such a beautiful, beautiful way. But even more than the performance behind that song, I love what that song means. That term Emmanuel has a Hebrew definition that quite literally means God with us. God with us. The aspect of God's character that I'd love to talk about tonight is the fact that you are never alone because God is always with us. You are never alone because God is always with us. If you turn to Exodus chapter 13, verses 17 through 22. Exodus chapter 13, verses 17 through 22. It says, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country. 
though that was shorter. For God said if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around the desert road toward the Red Sea. And the Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. Verse 19, Moses took the bones of Joseph with him because Joseph had made the Israelites swear an oath. He said, God will surely come to your aid when, and you must carry my bones up with you from this place. After leaving Sukkot, they camped out at Etham on the edge of the desert. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. Here's what I'd love to do. I would love for us to pray so that we can just have hearts and minds that will understand this amazing truth of God tonight. Pray with me. Lord, I pray against distractions in this room tonight. We pray by your spirit that you would give all of us, young and old, a heart and a soul that desperately wants to hear and be reminded, or man, maybe even learn for the first time this truth. In a world that can seem so dark and so lonely and so desolate, we have the gift of your presence. We love you, and we pray that you will be with us as we open your word tonight. In your name we pray, amen. So as I shared with you guys, uh, my youngest daughter was adopted, and I briefly touched on this story last night, uh, but there was this day, July 18th, 2018, that was incredibly special to my family. It was this day where we all got into the courthouse, and uh, like I mentioned last night, my, my daughter called this her wedding day, because it was the day that her last name changed. We got into the courthouse, and it was the same courtroom that we had been in many, many, many times, but not normally for good days. This day erased all those bad days. We get in there and we were surrounded by our closest friends and uh, our closest family members. And we sat in this courtroom for about 30 minutes while the judge essentially signed into law our daughter becoming ours. You see what happens when you adopt a child or if you yourself have been adopted, there's a legal process behind it. And this legal process behind it means that you get issued a new social security card. That's an important thing. You get issued a new birth certificate. That's an important thing. And in our case, our daughter's name changed, her first and last name. And so she had a, all of the documentation that meant she had a new identity as a result of her being adopted into our family. You know this, the same thing is true of you. For those of you who have put your faith in Jesus, the same thing is true of you. That, that you've been adopted into a family, that you've been given a new birthright, that this just God who pours out his wrath upon sin, when he looks at you, he sees the identity of his son Jesus, and he, he looks at you, and the word says he loves you, that you're his now. And the same thing is what we see happening for the Israelites. They weren't just saved out of the evil oppression and slavery that existed in Egypt, they weren't just saved from something, they were saved to something. Do you understand what that means? They weren't just saved from a precarious, evil, and dangerous situation, they were saved to what Exodus uh, calls a land of milk and honey. So it wasn't just like, hey, you're free, leave Egypt, go figure it out. No, God took them somewhere. 
God provided for them along the way. God had a place prepared for Israel, a place that still exists even to this day, thousands of years later. Spiritually, the same thing happens for us. Your soul is not just saved from the kingdom and dominion of darkness when you put your faith in Jesus. It's saved to the family of God. It's saved to an eternal hope. It's saved to an inheritance that can never be taken from you. Your new identity in Jesus is something that no one can ever take from you. It's something that is so special. It's something that you need to remind yourself of all the time. Why? Because that's who you are now. You are now one of God's chosen. You are now one of God's people. You are now a disciple, that is to say a follower of Jesus. There's a process that God has you on. And get this, amidst that journey of transformation, like help me if I'm wrong, is there anyone in here who's 12 years old? Yeah? And then oldest student might be 13, 14, 15, 15, 40, 90? I don't know how old you are, okay? Here's the point. In this age group where you sit today, middle school, you're in middle school, you're in junior high, whatever they call it at your school, you're in a period of time where you're very young. You have your whole life ahead of you. I remember when I was a kid, my grandpa used to grab me by the ear at holidays, and he would say, you're so young, you have your whole life ahead of you. And I'd go, Grandpa, my ear hurts. Please let go of my ear. I didn't understand what that meant until I got older, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I am old now. My grandpa was right. I was so young. Like the outlook that you apply to life today is so wonderfully important, and you don't just have to look at life like, hmm, how am I going to figure this out? How am I going to get good grades? What high school am I going to go to? What college am I going to go to? What college will I attend? Who will I marry? What kind of job will I have? You realize this. You don't have to solve those problems on your own. You have God with you and on your side. Do you understand that? If you, within the context of your faith, as you all of us in this room, young and old, as we process our faith in Jesus, if we miss his presence, we miss the whole point. Because the truth of the gospel is not that Jesus died so heaven could be full. Jesus died so that his kingdom could be experienced here, now, in this room, at this camp, today. That's what he's secured for us. If we miss his presence, we miss the point. Let me read for you a passage out of 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. If you want to turn there, you can. 2 Corinthians is in the New Testament. It's a longer letter. There's two of them, first one and second one. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, it says this in verse 16. It says, What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. So he's writing to this church and he says, hey, why are we practicing idol worship? Like idol worship is anytime you put something on the throne of your life. It could be sports, it could be intelligence, it could be yourself, it could be a relationship. It could be anything that you dedicate more of your life to than you do God. And so Paul is kind of talking to this church and he's saying, hey, why would we combine idols and God? There's only one God. These idols don't bring you anything. And then he says this really deep passage. He says, and he he quotes an Old Testament passage here. He says this. He says, I will walk with them and among them, and I will be their God, 
and they will be my people. He goes on to say, and I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and my daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So in the same way that on the day we adopted my youngest daughter, the judge looked at us and said, it's as if she was born unto you. God looks at you and says the same thing about your very life. So not only does he apply a new identity to you, an identity that says you've been adopted by God into his family, which means you're an heir, which means you're one of his. But then he goes on to say, I will live with them and I will walk with them and they will be my people and I will be their God. He promises to make a dwelling place with us. If we miss his presence, we miss the point. This is why we sang that Christmas carol earlier. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel. Emmanuel, it's that word, as I told you a second ago, that means God with us. It's found in Matthew chapter 1. In Matthew chapter 1, the angel of the Lord appears to Mary, Jesus' mom, and she says this to him. She says, at this time, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name of Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Anyone in here like history? Yeah? Yeah? So here's the deal with history. Um, the Bible has this incredible, incredible, incredible literary history. So at the end of your Old Testament, there's a book called Malachi. The book of Malachi is the, the last prophetic book in your Bible. And the book of Malachi is sort of a bookend for the Old Testament, and God goes silent in talking to Israel through the prophets for four Let's put the pencils down. He goes silent for 400 years. For 400 years, God goes silent. He doesn't talk to his people. He doesn't make a place with them. Like the Israelites were so used to, as you've seen in the video, as we've read through the story of Moses, uh, the Israelites are so used to God communing with them, he goes silent because of their sin. But after 400 years, a promise is made. And this promise comes to fruition through the birth of Jesus and in doing so fulfills over 300 Old Testament prophecies that talk about a Messiah who will come and take the sins of Israel away. That talks about a Messiah who will come and make his dwelling place with his people. Talks about a God who will restore what was lost in the garden as a result of sin. Now, if this is going over your head, let me, let me try to land the plane a little bit for you. Serious moment here. Have you ever felt lonely? I'm, I'm married. I have four kids. My home is not quiet. There's always someone there. And I'll struggle with loneliness at times. I'll struggle to feel known. I often wonder, who's, who are my people? Like, who's my community? Who really knows me? 
Anyone, can anyone in this room relate to that? That feeling of loneliness that just sometimes keeps you up at night? Maybe it's a conversation that you had with a group of friends and it left you feeling awkward and you walked away feeling like you had nobody. Maybe over the course of the last few years, as time has looked different and you jumped into some online instruction or uh, maybe your parents moved churches and you're going like, I don't even know who my like, people are anymore. Maybe home life for you is kind of tense and your parents are sort of stressed out. Maybe there's a divorce happening in your home. And those feelings of being alone are gripping you, are making you feel as though you have nobody. Those are real feelings. Those are strong feelings. But can I make you a promise? The truth of God's word for you is that when you are in Christ, you're never alone. When you're in Christ, you're never alone. God promises to be with us always to the very end of the age. That's why, as we saw in the video, as the Israelites are being led out of Egypt and into the wilderness, they're led by day through a pillar of cloud and by night by a pillar of fire. Just imagine being on that long, scary journey, leaving what was home out into the middle of nothingness and looking up and seeing the very presence of God with you. The Bible teaches that at the moment that we put our faith in Jesus, it says this in the book of John, we are filled with what's called the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit isn't a what. The Holy Spirit is a who. The Holy Spirit is as much God as the, as the Father is, is as much as Jesus is. The Holy Spirit is, is a person who has promised to rain down on people who had put their faith in Jesus at the moment of salvation in Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, Peter teaches this message and revival breaks out. It says thousands of people came to know Jesus at that point in time. The church, the very birth of the church happens as a result of this moment in time. Jesus would go on to say in the book of John that, that, that it's better for him to leave because when he leaves, the helper can come. And the helper will fill my people, he says. The helper will, helper will lead them, will teach them, will instruct them, will convict them. And so understanding the presence of God in your life has less to do with whether or not you believe about it, and it has more to do with whether or not you take advantage of it. Like these things that we read in Scripture, your belief in them doesn't make them any more or less true. They're true whether or not we choose to believe in them. And so in those moments where you feel alone, God invites us to pray. God invites us to invite him into it. I think sometimes we think God is mean and like he'll abandon us when we're not doing good. When I was your age, I went to a junior high camp. It was my first like camp experience. And while I was there, I met the love of my life, Brittany Wolf. That weekend, maybe some, same thing that's happening in some of your long, young lives happened to me. She became my girlfriend at camp. Man, in seventh grade, what could be better than having a girlfriend? Absolutely nothing, I was convinced. So I got home from camp, and she was in my science class. It was the Monday after camp. In my science class, she passes me a note, and I'm going like, hoo-hoo, hoo I got a note. And I open up the note, and it said, Dear Corey, uh, meet me at the flagpole after school from Brittany. I was like, dang, we're like already at the flagpole. What does the flagpole even mean? I don't even know what that means, but we're meeting there. 
Like, I'm meeting Brittany at the flagpole. I, like, told my buddy AJ, I was like, dude, look at this note. She said, meet me at the flagpole. He's like, that's awesome. What does it mean? I was like, I don't know. Like, I'm so glad I did Boy Scouts. If we're going to fold the flag, like, I know how to do that. Maybe a Pledge of Allegiance. I'm not really sure, but I'm down for it. Like, whatever happens, this is going to be a great afternoon. Yeah, well, it wasn't a great afternoon because when I showed up, she said, I don't want to be your girlfriend anymore. And then she walked away with some other guy. Broke my heart right there. Just busted it. Just terrible. I, I got over it, though. It's not a big deal. Here's the point. The point is this. The point is, sometimes we think because other humans have done that to us that God's going to do that to us. But the promise of God is to be with you always and forever. The promise of God is to be with you always. It's quite literally one of the names given to God in the Old Testament is Emmanuel, God with us. Like literally as a part of who God is, there is found a promise for you and for you and for you and for you and for everyone in this room that you don't ever have to be alone because God is with us. Friend, if you miss his presence, you miss the whole point of this. At its heart, Christianity is a relationship with God. It's not the assurance of life after death. It's the assurance that you get to experience life the way that it was meant to be lived here and now today. And sometimes simply knowing that is half the battle. Sometimes knowing that can change your life, that moment where you feel alone. Maybe it's ne next week when you get home from camp. Maybe it's in three months when life gets hard and troublesome. Maybe it's a couple years from now where you go through this moment where your friend group changes and shifts and all of these things look different. I want you to know this, friend, you're never alone. If we miss his presence, we miss the point. That's why Psalm 1611 says that, oh God, in your presence is found the fullness of joy. Do you know what that means? That means the fullness of joy in this life can be found in God's presence. The fullness of joy in this life can be found through living life with God. Pray with me as we wrap our time together. Lord Jesus, this week we've talked about how you're holy. We then looked at how you're just. Last night we looked at how you're loving. And tonight we looked at how you're present. That you're not a God who simply rests and resides on some throne galaxies away, leaving man up to their own demise. No. The word of God teaches that your spirit is here in this room even now tonight. Your word teaches that, that you're with us always to the very end of the age. Your, your word teaches that we can rely on you, that we can depend on you, that we can put our faith in you, that we can pray to you, that we can trust you, that you will lead and guide us. The word teaches that the Holy Spirit is at work even now. That, that if tonight, if we've learned anything about you, if any bit of who you are, God, has been revealed to us this evening, that that is proof that you're with us. And so, Lord, I pray that you would shape and form the hearts and souls and minds of all of us in this room to remember that we're never alone. And that, God, if we miss your presence here and now in this life, we've missed the point of all of this. Help us to love and trust you more. 
We love you so much, Jesus, and we thank you for all of your love for us. It's in your name we pray. Amen.